Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. Even though Democrats passed the Inflation Reduction Act without a single Republican vote and many GOP governors across the country have heavily criticized the package, red states are likely going to see significant benefits from the law's climate and clean energy provisions. That could be huge since historically, renewable energy has helped states boost jobs, lower electricity costs, and help prevent blackouts. And now, many of those states could grow their solar and wind power even further. So, why are red state leaders railing against the Inflation Reduction Act? And exactly how impactful could this package be for them? To answer those questions, we check in with Politico's Catherine Morehouse. It's Wednesday, August 17th. So, Kat, what sort of benefits could red states see from the Inflation Reduction Act? Yeah, so a lot of what we think about when we think about how red states might benefit are kind of some of the ways that they've benefited historically from tax credits for wind and solar production in particular. So we know that red states are some of the highest wind and solar producers in the nation, in large part because of their geography, right? Wind and solar require certain conditions to thrive, including heavy winds and a lot of sun exposure, as well as land use. And a lot of red states have naturally occurring conditions that allow those resources to thrive. So we've seen developers in the past decade take advantage of those conditions and kind of take advantage of the federal tax credits that were offered. And that's led to massive buildouts of wind farms across the Midwest and solar farms across the South. And with the IRA, it expands the timeline for those credits and also kind of expands the number of people who are able to access those credits or some sort of payment for those resources. So conceivably, we'll see those states who have historically seen those benefits, including low power prices and more jobs, we'll see those benefits continue to grow. Mm -hmm. How does that compare to what blue states could see here? So it's not an entirely different story for blue states. Interestingly, you see the kind of top 10 producers for wind and top 10 for solar split almost exactly in half. And the same goes for the potential on wind and solar production. So what you've seen historically on actual wind and solar production has not been a partisan split necessarily, but really more of an equation of states who have the resources to produce high levels of wind and solar have generally taken advantage of federal incentives to do so, kind of regardless of whether they're a red state or a blue state. So which states in particular, though, have a really major opportunity to grow renewables in their states with the passage of this bill? Yeah, so it's really interesting to think about who has a lot of potential for growth but hasn't quite cracked the top 10 for wind and solar. For wind, that includes Montana, Arizona, Wyoming, Nevada, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Some of those states, like Nebraska and South Dakota, actually generate a really big portion of their power from wind. They just have a smaller load overall, so that's probably in part why they didn't crack the top 10. But it will be interesting to see whether some of these states kind of coupled with more transmission lines being built that could carry more wind resources from South Dakota or Nebraska to higher load centers, 
whether that kind of leads to another boom in how much wind is produced in these states. And then on the solar side, you see New Mexico, Colorado, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Utah with a lot of potential. But at the same time, you know, they're not necessarily the top producers yet. So it'll be really interesting to see whether this iteration of tax credits and incentives for clean energy resources changes that for those states. So what are the governors of these red states saying about the Inflation Reduction Act? What are their specific criticisms here? I think it basically comes down to the price tag is just too big for most Republican governors to swallow. Not all Republican governors came out against the Inflation Reduction Act, but a lot of them did. And a lot of them come from states that produce a lot of wind and solar. And I spoke to the governor of Oklahoma, for instance, and he's really proud of how much wind the state of Oklahoma produces. Oklahoma is one of the top producing wind states in the country. They've been looking into opportunities for electric vehicles and hydrogen and carbon capture. And this bill has advantages for all of those resources. But for him, it's just a fundamental disagreement of how you get there. He doesn't want to see any more federal money spent on these programs. He really thinks that it should be a purely market-driven effort, and he thinks that eventually the market will come along. So I think it's really a question of kind of the pace and the scale that people want to see this change at. And I think for a lot of red state governors, the price of investing this much looks like a giveaway to them. And renewable energy, as you note in this story, has lowered electricity costs and helped stave off blackouts in many red states. So how are officials in these states balancing that with their concerns over the Inflation Reduction Act? Yeah, I think it's interesting because in states like Texas, for instance, you've seen Governor Abbott really critical of renewable energy resources. But I mean, Texas is a leader in wind and solar power and has really one of the most diverse electricity portfolios in the whole country. And we've seen that solar power performs really well in the summertime and Texas has really high demand in the summertime. So you have seen those benefits in Texas. You've also seen really low costs. But there just isn't really a willingness to acknowledge when these resources and when federal incentives have helped those resources. And then again, you know, states like Oklahoma, their governor is willing to acknowledge the benefits of wind energy, but at the same time doesn't necessarily want to give credit to federal incentives for giving that boost to the state. Also... Several Western states that depend on the Colorado River could face a massive water and power crisis as soon as next year. And as we noted on Monday, the state of Nevada has asked the federal government to intervene and help. Now, on Tuesday, the Biden administration said it largely wasn't going to step in to stop it, at least for now. The Interior Department is giving states more time and moving only to institute much smaller water delivery cuts to Arizona, Nevada, and Mexico that were already agreed to under a 2019 deal. The move from the Biden administration comes as the seven states that rely on the Colorado River have not yet agreed on a plan to conserve water. Biden administration officials did not commit to a new hard deadline for action, but said there will be work on additional agreements throughout the rest of the year. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. 
Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.